This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Ty Draco of Sergeant Anus, Sean Wildclaw of Fairy, and Adamisk Estro of Leviathan. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Tonight on GNN, your Garlean News Network. What's the deal with airship food? You think all the magic Eorzeans have that could craft up something high quality to serve on those long flights? <laughs> A Nero Landfeld on his hit comedy stand-up special, The Problem with Eorzeans. On that note, what's the deal with magic? What, you Eorzeans are too good to manufacture your arcane energies? <laughs> The Problem with Eorzeans with a Nero Landfeld tonight after 60 Bells with Dick Kickham and Wall Watchum. What's the deal with Eorzeans not even having a bird eye on their forehead? I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio, episode 136. 136. I can't believe it. We blink, the time flies, and suddenly we hate this game and we're on episode 136. I was going to say, I feel like time's been crawling since episode 100. It's probably because we're not having fun. Well, yeah, that's the thing is that, you know, we may not be having a ton of fun with FF14 as it exists. But we do have a ton of fun with this show. Thanks for joining us. LimitBreakRadio.com is the website. Twitch.tv slash LimitBreakRadio. You can join us every single Sunday starting at 4 p.m. Here for two hours of the best Final Fantasy XIV podcasting that you're going to find anywhere ever. Ever. I'm pretty confident in that statement. As we switch our scenes to no studio up because it's an oversight that I have made. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> wow! You're fired! Yeah, I know. Aww. They can get a good look at our outline here today. No! Don't! Oh, no! <laughs> That's uh, for special Patreon $100 users and above I know. only. I know. Peek behind the curtain. A peek behind the curtain. See, that? you know what? That's what you get when you uh, join us here for Limit Break Radio. What the hell is wrong with you? You can see Live words. on Twitch. You know what? The... the, the I think I think the fact that we presented uh, Checkpoint Radio in between Final and Countercast today, uh, the Checkpoint Radio podcast in between Final and Countercast and Limit Break Radio today, we're we're allowed to let a couple of things fall through the cracks. We're not going to be able to get everything. What? What? We're supposed to be like podcast professionals. Well, People we, look we are. as a profession. We do podcasts. We are professionally. We are. 
And and that's the thing is that we've been able to recover, and that's why we are such pros. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio. Glad to have you along. Got lots to talk about, but the thing is is that we also want to talk to you. One of the great parts about this show is that you get to be a part of it. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. Don't be a bitch. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. This is only for the the brave. Yeah. The truly brave out there in the audience. Because as you guys well know, we can be sometimes a little bit of assholes mean we're meanies sometimes we're assholes but we don't mean it it's all jokes it's all in good fun most of the time come forth coward everyone in the studio looked at juxta when he said that i i, I mean almost That's both of you yeah I, yeah and, and the arrow just always looks at me so you looked at me no you that know, was a it, very deliberate Bum, bum, the, bum. I, did I, where did I mention that? I think I had mentioned this on the Checkpoint Radio stream, which, by the way, if you haven't followed, you can go follow over at twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Radio. If you like this show, all of the same, most of the same people are involved the in this show ones. that are involved in that show. And, uh, you know, we, we really want uh, to, to be able to grow Checkpoint Radio. So we encourage you to check it out. Twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Radio, CheckpointRadio.com. But I had mentioned this, Juxta. Um, because we had switched up Norris and Joe's seating positions. Oh, so now I'm sitting in right where Norris sits. Yes. Well, Nor- oh. actually, technically, it's Norris is sitting where you sit because you always do sit there for Final Encountercast and oh, yeah. Limit I Break have, Radio. I have sovereignty in this domain. <laughs> well, what what it was? He is the <clears throat> interloper. What it was was that you had accepted the responsibility of Drop Master. And uh, so far, you haven't found you haven't given us a good reason to fire you from that position. See, see, yeah, not bad. No. And uh, so that's why you continue to sit there. So um, the the subtext of that is that I think we're going to start doing some some drops on on checkpoint. We're going to start. We're going to start making checkpoint a little bit more like our other shows. Mm-hmm. Right. And if Norris ends up being better at them than you are, we'll just replace you with him permanently on all shows. That's right. Oh, only in the seat though. I'll still be on no. everything else. No, 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 I will. I mean, you can tell yourself that if you want. No, you'll be the new Norris and you'll just show up occasionally for right. LBR. Well, he has, he has a stupid <laughs> fucking baby now, so. Yeah, it's true. My baby is wonderful. It might, it might actually work out for you. No. You know, you know, that whole my baby is wonderful thing is just chemicals in your brain that are released by nature so that you don't drown your child in a bathtub, yeah, right? Yeah, because you never used to think that any babies were wonderful. That's right. Except I never met my baby before, and my baby is the best one, so I don't see why you wouldn't. Boob for Skurro. Boob for Skurro. Wow. <laughs> Boob for Skurro. Okay. Don't be like this. Thank you. I thank mean, you. Thank you, Skurro fan club. Yeah, thanks. At, at, at least like a Scalia, like we can understand boobs for a Scalia, but I know. Skurro doesn't How? deserve anything. Skurro already has boobs, here's, technically. Here's the problem. We really we really do not want to go back to our super talented animator that uh, that gave us our, our Scalia. Yeah, Noriko Star. Uh, that gave us our Scalia uh, animation. Um, we we really don't want to have to go back to her and get a scurro gross animation because if anyone is getting really cool animations next it's definitely not going to be scurro no 
It's going to be me. Okay, right. you can have giant exploding boobs. So anyway. Okay. I mean, do you not want giant exploding? No, nope. I don't. Is what? that a is that a thing that you really want? How is it not a thing you want? I mean, it's it's a thing that I want to watch to masturbate to, but it's not a thing that I oh, want to happen you to masturbate me. to me. No, I wouldn't masturbate to you. I don't masturbate to Scalia either. Daddy masturbate. It's to just me. the it's the idea that gets me rock. Did you say hard. man crush? I, you know what? Yes, a little bit, a little bit. Damn, you're cute. I know. <laughs> you want to ditch this podcast and go rub dickheads in the back? These are so gay. I know. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, cool. it's okay to be gay. It's 2017. Celebrate it. Ha! Gay! Not just that. I mean... Gayest dude ever. <laughs> Jesus. We have a lot of gay drops. <laughs> yeah, we do. Wow. I guess I never noticed. Maybe I'm trying to say something. Maybe I'm saying. Maybe that's a. Don't touch his dick. Is that what you're trying to say? Wow. It's over here. When you look at the commonalities among all of those drops, <laughs> you might think that there's something. Eat it, dick. You might think. Yeah! That... Oops. Wow, that one. <laughs> Combo I don't get it. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, uh, thanks for joining us. Limitbreakradio.com is the website. Oh, Jesus, what now? Hashtag juxtaboob fund. Hashtag feed hungry baby. Hashtag mute juxta. <laughs> feed hungry baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like that someone do- donates $80 for the Skurro boob fund, but you get five. Do you have the donation window open on your... Yeah. Okay. I just, it's weird. Yeah. I, yeah. It's weird. I, that time I didn't hear as much of an echo. Yeah. It's, we, we, did you do something? I didn't do anything. I swear to God. What is do going on? Do you have the power to make the echo go away? I don't. Maybe, maybe there actually Are you is Zodiac? A, there might actually be a mistake on your end, Jux. You want to double check that? No. See, but the thing is, is that the, the echo donations are like, I feel like they've now become symbolic of like Part of the show every time. Yeah. Every time we get a donation, it's like we get 25% more of the echo. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> right. With Give like, us more echo. I appreciate that pun so right? much. Okay, right thank now. you. Like, <laughs> no, thank I, you. I, I, got it. I thought it was so clever. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You and the rest of our diehard FF14 fans, <laughs> the three of them that are still playing this game, are like, oh shit, that was clever and an FF14 joke. What's happening with an Eero? It only took 10 minutes to get to an FF14 joke. I know. And everyone got it, everyone else ignored it. Do you get it? I mean, come on. You look ridiculous. Do you get it, though? I know. Please explain it to us, Nero. I get it. I'm glad I that... Promise. I'm, cl- I'm glad that Nika got it. Although... <laughs> are you? What? The, are you? The dumbest person in our cast although, got it. Congratulations. The, yeah, that does I'm, I'm the dumbest? The whole got that. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. And yes, I'm including Skur on our cast. Ugh. Anyway. I, I definitely don't know about that. Anyway, thanks for joining us. I I got sidetracked off of thanking you for joining us from that donation. I think your dicks are good. I know. They're so good. <laughs> we have so many So many penis drops. drops. What is wrong with us? It's like we it, It's like we've been suppressing feelings for a really really long time. You know, yeah. That's you, probably true. I'm getting an extremely gay vibe. <laughs> Wait till you go through Future Man and farm drops off of that oh, one. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. I'm fucking you with your own dick. 
I'm gonna go sleep in his bed now. That that show is really amazing. Did you finish it? I, I I've try I've made it like three or four more okay, episodes, but right, I keep fair, getting distracted fair, fair. because I have adult ADHD. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. Anyway, um again. Welcome! Thank you for joining us for Limit Break Radio today. We are gonna talk about FF14, I think. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we got pl- we got tons to say, oh. tons of stuff to talk really? about. Yeah, but, but before we do, I first want to send a special shout out to our participants for Extra Life, including Woo! our own Nika Kayanian, who has been spearheading the effort, <laughs> as well as Escalia, who uh, has been doing very well, pushing our total above seventy one hundred dollars raised for kids with cancer. You guys are fucking amazing because it's our listeners that make that happen. It's not us. It's our listeners. So I do want to thank you for all of your uh, your help and effort, your financial support at, uh, you know, uh, with with Extra Life. Seventy one hundred dollars. That's pretty impressive. Now, on the last episode of Limit Break Radio, I had announced that I was going to do something special for my own Extra Life stream. And I had announced that I'm going to be doing an MMO tour. Well, I think this week is when I'm finally going to be able to shake out when I will announce the date and time of that stream. So I know you're going to think about thinking about the day for the announcement of when you're going to do. I know not. Listen, <laughs> the, the, obviously the idea wasn't think fully, about the idea about was before. not fully formed when I brought it up. And now I've got to coordinate with work. So this is a holiday work week. I might be able to squeeze out time around a holiday, but I don't want to commit to anything because this is the first time in a long time. I've also been able to spend holidays with my, my, uh, my family. So, So, uh, you know, I'm trying to decide which I want to commit to. So it's either I think it's probably going to be after Thanksgiving that I'm going to do. That's probably fair. Yeah. And then that way it gives everyone enough time to be able to download and update the the MMO clients. And, uh, you know, I'll have enough time to think about the schedule and put the schedule together. We all know you want to squeeze something out right now. I really... Uh, listen, how do you know I have to shit? Definitely an echo, by the way. I definitely have to shit. How do you know that? I think it was talking about jizz. Oh. Kids I think I, j- I think I just gave away way more personal information than I wanted to. Yep. But you got a poo? Yeah. R- listen, Russians, Russians are going to hear this and then tell everyone that I have to poo. And it's going to be really embarrassing. They don't it's need to hear this to tell people, though. Oh, yeah, Russians. that's right. I forgot about they'll it. Just, they'll just take a screenshot from the new uh, Pooh mini game from the South Park, the fractured butthole, and be like, look. Is that a poo. thing? It certainly is. <laughs> a Pooh mini game? You sit on any toilet you find, and you have to do, like, uh, uh, you have to press buttons in, like, a certain combination type deal in order Whole- to, like, poo and, like, squeeze it out and pinch it off. Holy and, like, wiggle shit. It free. This sounds amazing. Do you I need get anything this in my life. Pooing? Yeah, you get an achievement. Really? Yep. If you do all the toilets, you get an achievement. Yep. Poo achievement. <laughs> wow. I'm okay with it. Sploosh. Anyway, um, guys, uh, we're going to get into limit or uh, FF14 news here in just a second. But I do want to put an end cap on this by saying patreon.com slash limit break radio is how the show is supported. Let's get into the news. This is a limit breaking news update. <laughs> Let's start off with some really exciting news. Final Fantasy XIV's newest expansion, Stormblood, is about to receive global 
recognition. Nailed it! It's been nominated for a Global Game Award. The category is Best DLC Slash Expansion. What the fuck? No. Hold on. Now, who do these awards come courtesy of? Why, none other than the universally recognized and interdimensionally respected GameDebate.com. Please tell me that Square Enix is not promoting this. It's contenders. You want to know who, who they're up against? Who? Huh? Huh? Forza Horizon 3. And then you realize they do DLC, but... XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. Okay. And Horizon Zero Dawn The Frozen Wild. Well, clearly it's going to be Horizon Zero Dawn. As of right now, FF14 is leading with a staggering 59% of the votes. Okay. All right. So I'm going to... Let's just call a spade a spade. Couple of things. Game of the year. Final Fantasy XIV. Couple of things. <laughs> yeah. Last last I checked, game-debate.com, game excuse me, <laughs> um, is not quite... They don't quite have the pull that an IGN or a GameSpot has. But it's a global they, game award. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone from around the globe can okay. game debate on it. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. They are master debaters. Listen, at Checkpoint, on Checkpoint this year, we gave out an award for Checkpoint's High Score Hall of Fame game. Right? Yep. Okay, did we actually try to get, like, did we actually try to take that seriously in any way, shape, or form? That was clearly a bit, yep. and it was a goof. Uh-huh. Why would you try to do something like this seriously? Like, you must think that... You, you, I think they're overestimating their audience. Well, as of yesterday, they were actually at 89%. So it's like you have this absolutely no-name website that no one knows about. And so, FF14 so what you're saying, so what you're saying to stumble across it and gave it out to the fan base. And the fan base... Yeah, that that sounds right. This is... This, this, is, this is skewed data. This is how we Fake won news. Ultima Final Fantasy's podcast awards and why they didn't put us on at the next year this is why facts fake news no real news alternative facts speaking of real news we got a preview of the upcoming patch 4.15 which will include rival wings and the much anticipated perform feature oh my god it gives a bit more background on the event lore wise hang on we talked wait 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 wait, so hold on you're going through this too fast hang on no 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 like i i I guess i missed something i wasn't i wasn't paying attention somewhere Uh uh-huh we talked about three 4.15 last week and it still hasn't hit yet no See, last week... Are you fucking kidding me? Last week's announcement was, hey, 4.15's coming, and it's going to have Rival Wings and Perform in it. Jesus Christ, And this one actually talks a bit more about it, specifically. Listen, listen, uh, here's... Square Enix... This is the equivalent of the teaser for the trailer. Listen, Square Enix is putting five pounds of shit in a 10-gallon bag. Or 10-pound bag, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. 10 pound bag this is it's it, this is like they're they're doing the same amount of updates and half of the work like like they're presenting the updates as if they're the same amount of content but they're doing half of the work yep. so someone on that team is actually having to do more work because they're they're having to get more creative with the way that they tell us about updates like someone there is basically Herman Melville and getting paid by the word. Does any does anyone want to bet me that before patch four point one five comes out, we're going to get an in depth perform preview? Oh, I'm sure we will. Absolutely. And Nero just died. 
<laughs> he literally died. So, all right, there's 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 good news and there's bad news to be had in all of that. The good news is is that lore wise, it takes place in the remnants of a Charlian testing site known as the Astrologos. The goblins, with their boundless ingenuity, have repurposed machines for training use to simulate the epic battles against the Garlean Empire. So the preview promises a furious struggle for supremacy. Sounds cool, right? The bad news is Does that it? Compared to the bad news, this is League of Legends for Final Fantasy XIV, guys. Each side has a core they must protect while aiming to destroy their opponents. But before you can do that, you must first fell the Fucking Magitech Towers, <laughs> protecting it with a barrier. Listen, okay, so uh, here's, here's, here's what Square Enix does, okay? They notice that something is popular, and then they go, we should try to make a version of that instead of putting their creativity and their creative forces into making something new. See, but do they? Because we have already yes. discussed how there were cool <laughs> things that worked in World of Warcraft that they are not copying, so I'm not really sure that they understand That's because they're not, they're not pulling from World of Warcraft. Square Enix, in their arrogance, thinks that they've learned everything that there is to learn from World of Warcraft. And Blizzard is pulling their pants down and making them look like a fool right now. Yep. Because Blizzard is going, yeah, no, there's way more to learn here. And uh, I guess you guys forgot, and we've got to show you. I can show you the exact line of thinking. Because when this game first came out, remember, Yoshi toted that we took all the great things from Eastern and Western MMOs and put them into ours. And it was a great success. So now he's like, well, since we pulled everything from the MMOs, now we have to start pulling things from other games. Yep. League of Legends PvP. Yep. Uh, how, Pokemon Verminion. Yeah, like Pokemon was like a mashup, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, <laughs> Lords of Verminion was like a mashup of Pokemon and uh, Yokai Watch. And then, and I mean, no, not, no, it totally not. wasn't. It's literally just an RTS. It's literally just StarCraft. All right, so okay. all Lords okay. of Verminion. Okay. Is, sorry, okay? sorry. Well, no, they took the cutesy approach that Yokai Watch has and Pokemon has, right? Okay. The well, collect with, with the, the collectible aspect of the minions, and then. I never played it, so I don't know. You actually sound like you spent time playing it. They were like, "Eh, let's put StarCraft on it because that's easy to program," and yeah. the, and and it fucking failed because it was not good, and it's also not something that an MMO audience wants. It, it wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Jeff there, said, you like, were actually uh, excited about Rival Wings. You said yeah, this no, looks I'll, fun, I'll, and I'm going to play it. Do you I'll still go, think so? Yes, I already. I always knew it was a fucking Dota clone. But uh, how long are you going to play it for? Is the question. I mean. It's something new. Until you it's get pushing, the new gear and then pushing, done. But, but Square Enix seems to think... Listen, why is it that Square Enix seems to think that we want to play a different game when we're playing FF14? Why is it? Because honestly, I don't want to play Dota. I don't want to play Pokemon. I don't want to play StarCraft. I want to play FF14. And guess what? FF14 is the same shit over and over again. Do... Am I fucking crazy no. here? Like the amount of people that end up pushing back against this thought uh, may, sometimes make me think like I'm I'm fucking crazy. But th listen, this is why we have a call in line. If you think I'm wrong, <clears throat> I want to hear why. And I want to hear your justification as to why. Limit Break Radio on Skype. 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. I will try not to yell at you. Okay, no, here. I'm going to go to bat for Rival Wings. Oh, Because boy. this is like new content, new PvP, new rules, new, like, basically a, a brand new system, all right? And this is what we should have had as, like, 
a side note for the expansion, okay? If this was alongside like a whole bunch of other stuff, this would have been great and we wouldn't be bagging on it. So I'm going to go to bat for rival rings, which would be great for like the two or three weeks that'll keep us content. But that's this. That's Wait, the I same. Know, I understand. That's the same fundamental flaw that all of the content suffers from. But if we had as much content, like if this was like. If we had like a Rival Wings-esque thing for PvE and for Endgame and all this other stuff, like it would actually sate us from patch to patch. Alright? Like this is brand new stuff that like we can actually like enjoy for a little bit. But because this is the last the only thing that we're getting for a whole fucking patch, we're gonna demolish this in like a week. This is and then we're gonna get bored of it and then we're gonna toss it by the wayside. Listen, if this like came out like at the start of the expansion, like they wanted to, but it didn't. I'm just saying. Listen, timing is everything. I understand your point, Juxta. I understand what you're driving towards, and I totally agree. Timing is everything, Mm -hmm. and they have mistimed the secondary content every single time. You're right. This this is an optics problem. They should have launched it around the expansion. That way, people were more endeared to it, and it felt like a a, a part of the actual core expansion experience, and not 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 something that's tacked on later. I I can't help but wonder if there was other content planned for this patch or not when this was originally supposed to come of out. Of course there was. There had to have Because like, what it feels like for me is like, okay, well, okay, phew, we didn't have enough content for 4.1. I'm so glad we didn't actually have enough time to finish this content because now we have a whole patch for the content. Nope. Yeah. Can I, can Everything's I, getting pushed back. Let me, let me, hang on. Let me, let me, let me, uh, I, 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 something just occurred to me. I just connected a, a couple of dots here and, and I need, uh, I need you guys in the room to tell me if I'm wrong. And then I need you at home to give me a call. Let me know if I'm wrong. Limit break radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash discord there was one big difference and now it seems like a big difference but when you're kind of cataloging the the entirety of the context of the two expansions that we have there is one variable between heaven's word and Stormblood that now as i think back on it sticks out like a sore thumb and that is heaven's word got delayed heaven's word they stopped it did. and it got delayed. And even still with the delay and them continuing to work and polish, they we like it was still a lackluster expansion. And Square Enix thought that the problem in that equation was the fact that it was late. Square Enix, I think. I mean, if this is what they're doing with their logic, I really think that they are avoiding responsibility, avoiding blame. And and I mean, I don't know if that's the corporate culture at that company also or what it mind. is, but I, I get like there are people who who are defa- like like I'm sure that there are people who are scared for their jobs right now. And it's making at, at, at Square Enix. And I'm and I'm definitely sure that they're cutting corners at this point to make deadlines and to make the corporate bosses at Square Enix happy. And to speak on that idea of them, uh, A, cutting corners, and B, making excuses. Remember, between one point, or sorry, between 2.0 and 3.0, Realm Reborn and Heavensward, Yoshi at one point made the comment that they were giving us too much content yep. that yeah. they just couldn't keep up with. Yep, and he lays the groundwork right there. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
is that that is as I mean, if you really follow the logic, that's as a result of trying to meet an unrealistic deadline. And I don't know who's setting the deadline, whether it's Yoshi P, whether it's Square Enix as a corporation. I don't know who controls those things. But someone mistimed the deadline and they had at least enough uh, enough, uh, you know, of of an idea of what they were doing in heaven's word to go. This is not going to fly with our audience. And they held it back and they fixed some stuff. And even still, when we got it, it was like a, a six or a seven. Yeah. Now, Stormblood met that deadline. But I my personal assessment of it. Is more along the lines of a four. Yep, three four, or four, four, three or four. Especially, that's more of like a comparative review of <laughs> of, of all of the different versions of Final Fantasy fourteen that we've had. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now the problem is, is that it it's just the latest building block on what is ostensibly going to move w- w- this game forward. And what we've said is, is that it's been a really bad building block like this has been a really bad step and and square enix is too complacent at the moment whether it's because their fan base is not expressing themselves the way that they should maybe it's because nobody in 2017 has been expressing themselves maturely (laughs) i don't know maybe maybe that's it maybe that's it myself included Dude, all of I think I think like there has been a massive fucking upheaval in the way that people see the world. Maybe an election had something to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm not saying it's definitely it. I'm just saying that maybe that had something to do with it. Was that an accidental impression, by the way? No, it was. <laughs> okay. Well, it was it was an a completely unaware unaware impression. I, I wasn't going for anything. Um, but that we're now i think we're starting to kind of see where the griffs are like we're starting to see where where the seams in the fabric are we're starting to see where the cracks are and i don't know you know for some people that makes them very uncomfortable for me it makes me very comfortable because i'm i'm someone who navigates the cracks very well (laughs) especially my cracking Speaking. Why? Of, why do we? Hold on, Juxta. Why you got to take it to a gay place with me every no, time? No, that's Queer. a that's a great segue into this next one. Oh, which what? I can only start with. God oh no! Damn it, Kotaku. Oh no! <laughs> Jesus. So yeah. last week, and, and this was not unfairly. Vile murders. We uh, we made fun of FF14 uh, as in light of World of Warcraft's newest expansion had only an article about how a year old emote was being used for cyber sex. God damn it! Why oh why did we tempt Stop. fate? Inside the brothels of Final Fantasy XIV. Fucking stop! No, no, this sounds like an article that should have come from Shut Motherboard, up, but no. Fucking stop! Even Kotaku puts out its fair share of duds. Now, did anyone actually read this? Because holy shit, it was cringy. I, I got. AF. I, 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 I read I, it. Oh my god, Nika! I don't know how you could get Nika to the end of it. Nika wrote it. I, I, I got, I got four sentences. <laughs> I got four sentences in, and my balls retracted into my body <laughs> and I was like at the risk of them never descending I think I have to stop reading this uh, how far did you get into it Jex because you, you also yeah, quit I, halfway through right I, I read you ta- like, oh so you tapped out too I read like three four paragraphs down and I, like I scrolled and I noticed to like, see how long <laughs> no I like I noticed I scrolled down a little bit to like read more and then I noticed how like 
how little the bar in my internet browser moved and i'm like oh no so i scrolled more and i scroll i'm like oh my god this is so long and i tapped out yeah it's not that long it Get really the is. now oh, me having to write the news read the whole thing and nearly went and swallowed a bunch of pills but i don't think i have anything potent enough to actually kill me so yeah no kooky i actually realized that uh in the last article that she published that we tore to shreds <laughs> is that we've had her on before and that's fine i i, I mean you know i appreciated her Friend time the show to talk about <laughs> to talk about Maybe not the, anymore. The, the article comparison ff11 versus 14 um but d- dude oh but, but hold on come hold, no. on All right, here's the other thing this though. is such this... a this is such a bad representation of our community mm. like i'm not listen, is it? hang, no. on. Stop. Stop. hang on stop hang on hang on hang on hang on i'm it is a fair representation and maybe a fair cross-section of our community and i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna go out there and say i'm not gonna go out on a limb and say that limit break radio is the best way (laughs) to make the ff14 community look good i'm not willing to say that all i'm saying is that this looks bad yeah and and, and i would like to point out too dude we look like we dude we look like fucking furries now the way that these couple of articles have been presented We look we look as bad as furries. Now, here's the but thing. See, no, I would agree with you if like this was someone's first article on Kotaku ever, but like anyone who knows anything about Kotaku knows about online games and knows that this is nothing new to MMOs. This, this isn't no, existed for I, can a long I, time. This isn't on the this isn't on the the, uh, the author that wrote the article. The article's fine. What makes me cringe is the fact that all of this exists as it does. Let, 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 let me but just Of course it's going to exist. No, 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 no. Like, I said as it does. Like look, we've talked on other shows about like the rape taverns or or the rampant ERP that happens on uh, at the Goldshire Inn, right? And then That's when we try to go of- and then when we try to go and find it you know, like okay. on like on Vice and Motherboard, uh, you know, like they said happens. We go and we try to find it, and it's just it's not. It's like way more. It's way more normal and, and normal. But just the fact that it exists, we know it exists, right? But on Balmung and Leviathan, these two ones specifically, they've like. They've they franchised it. They 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 they, they, they like oh, these yeah, they people did. actually <laughs> log in like it's their job. Like some yeah, of them they, get, they earn ten k gil an hour dancing AFK on the table. It's like one they're chick, playing Second Life. One chick earned forty four million gil in two weeks. Like like they run this like it's an actual. Business. Here's here's the thing. Listen, well, good for them though. That takes some smarts. Listen, I can't. I, I imagine can't. if they were actually using that for the betterment of humanity. Here's the thing. What? I can't. I cannot blame the author for this. No, one. you can't. You can't blame the author. She's just reporting on the the shit that's actually happening in this game. And well, she could not tell <clears> us about it. Well, here's the thing: is that this is the only thing that's happening in this There's game else because, to talk about. because Square Enix is not actually serving it with content. Thank you. And that's one of the points that I wanted to make. Like, yep. I wanted to blame Belmung and Leviathan, but I think the honest really falls on Yoshi P because when you, we oh, don't yeah. have content, this is what people end up doing. Yep, yeah, because the brothel on Belmung has forty courtesans, and here's the forty thi- people do this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing: is that this is kind of a natural part of any online game and any MMO, any consistent, persistent online world. Is that you have this effect of you know there's not we've finished all the content now we've got to make our own fun, and depending on how open or closed the system is to allowing user input, that 
is varying degrees of fun in a more sandbox MMO like FF11. I think we saw that the end game is way more fun, right? Like people had more fun playing the actual game. Now, FF14, there's definitely an attachment to the world. We see that all the time because people get really mad at the at the stupid jokes that we tell when it's like, come on, dude, it's a fucking video game. Like it's a video game world. Relax. Like you're taking this a little bit too seriously. We can see that there are people who are still very emotionally connected to this world and now they're getting it a little bit sexually confused as well and i I mean or maybe they're just rolling their sexuality into it i don't know this could be healthy or unhealthy i have no idea again i can't blame the author for for this on on any fucking level all i know all i know is that it's not a terribly good look for for our community it makes other people who don't play ff14 go I don't know if I'm going to play yeah, that so because am I going to be molested by furries the minute I log in? And well, see, it's his penis and he can do whatever he wants. That is true. Had you read the article too, I don't know if it's the if it's the main chick or just one that they, they interviewed, but one of the people that inter- interviewed is actually a dominatrix in real life. So she says, honestly, the stuff I do in game, I don't do it for like sexual release. Like I, I get that shit otherwhere. So... Like, as I'm reading, I'm like, man, this person seems pretty normal, too. Square Enix has drove a normal person to ERP. No, 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 no. That's not a normal person. That is that is a person whose job it is to be in the sex trade. And they come home after a long day of sexing, and they want to be better at their job, so they continue sexing online with FF14... Except that's a really fucking weird job. Like, let's all just admit that it's a weird job. It's not illegal. Like, that person should not go to jail. I but still it, think it's, I, it's a little weird. I still think I blame Yoshi, though. Uh, I mean, absolutely. At the, end, at the end of the day. Because, like, at the end of the day, yeah. If there was something really cool and groundbreaking, Kotaku would absolutely write, hey, this cool new content just came out in 14. Yep. Everyone should check it out. That would be on Kotaku. But instead... This is what we've got. Not just nothing else to fucking talk about. I mean, not just that. <laughs> look, look, clearly this author is paying attention to the things that are going on in the FF14 community, and it's their job to figure out how to write about them. I'm afraid and of if, what's going to come next. And if the only thing that's going on in the FF14 community is furry banging, then that's what you have to write your articles about. I just, understand. I've been in that position. That's part of what made me so depressed for so long. So you had to bang furries? Guys. No, I had to write about shit that i didn't understand and that frustrated me and that i couldn't i couldn't square like i actually think that this article may be a a, a brilliant subtle commentary on the way that the ff14 community has just devolved into absolute and complete utter shit maybe i'm reading too much into it but if you disagree give us a call yeah let feel us free. know why let yeah let us know and uh by the way if you're the author of this article there are some very interesting things that are going on in ff14 it's called our show report on that <laughs> is that sarcasm angry no it's not, it's not game developers. it's not sarcasm it's not sarcasm and if you're a fan of the show you, i can't believe that i'm having to explain this to someone in in the journalism profession but if you're a fan of the show hand it off to somebody else who isn't a fan that can be objective and write the article objectively fucking hey that's fair and uh that's all for our news today back to well, you nero yeah the doy boy that burned out in a hurry and that just kind of petered out there you're just like yeah back to you it made me sad. I mean... Well, that was a huge waste of time. Because they also mentioned was, yeah. that they don't turn down Lollafells, that they do quote-unquote age play. Ugh. Oh! 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 
no! Oh! We're just trying to be funny, but I guess it just wasn't as funny as we thought it was. Uh, well, that just happened. Are you okay, Nero? No! Legitimately, I'm not on? okay! Yeah. What kind of shit are you? Yeah, they said they don't turn down any fetishes. What the hell? Uh-huh. What? Let that sink in. Think, I think... What a totally amazing, excellent discovery. To, to, to the, uh, to the FF14 FetLife community. No. Please do me a favor and draw the line somewhere. The Spacey's learned a very important lesson last week about where the line gets drawn for you if you don't draw your own line. Please learn from the Spacey's. Please, please learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. God, can I hang on before before we get before we get into an actual discussion? All law laws matter. <laughs> no, Lollapalls aren't actually children though. So if they're like pretending to be children, they said age play, like, Nika. Age age play age play is exactly what you I, think. I it don't is. I, I, I don't know the exact definition, but mm -hmm. I can infer. I can't. Mm -mm. Don't want to refuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want to and refuse is more like it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I like. I don't think that it's wrong to draw lines and distinctions. It's when you overdraw them that's the problem. Okay, and and sometimes it takes a while to suss this shit out, right? Like I think now that we're gonna start going back and reexamining some sexuality, right? Like I think we're gonna really have a start conversation about things that are fucked up about it, like pedophilia, right? And the fact that when we have that conversation, you're not gonna be confused with like, oh, but what about what about men that think they're ladies? Yeah, that's called a trans person, and they have rights too. But this is a moral argument about children. I like what, dude? The fact that more people aren't actually talking about this the way. Like, like not dude. And it's not about video games, dude. It's about so many fucking things that we're not talking about fucking correctly. But I think it's possible. They may say, well, if I give him the outlet online, then I'm saving a child in real life. Ugh. I understand. Which I, is possible. Listen, I it is possible. Dude, I understand that logic called warning signs. Hang on. Hang on. Yes, they are. But that is. Let me just say that is a nuanced argument for a complicated problem yes. and that is yeah. something that takes a lot of discussion like longer discussion than a two-hour podcast longer discussion than you know seven minutes on cnn longer discussion i'm you know longer discussions than you're willing to be engaged for online on fucking facebook threads that's a hard discussion but there's enough of us out there that look at someone and 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 this this is going to sound a little bit bad but someone like a scalia and go well, yeah that person has rights As you know now you know trans people that's the that's the benefit of coming out of the closet man now you know trans people just like we got to know gay people and it wasn't so scary anymore now listen furries <laughs> I'm going to make a joke, but I'm also going to make a point. If you want people to actually take you seriously, then you've got to stop acting so lecherous like and weird. When you take the fucking costumes off, 
the people underneath it are weird and unsettling and and make you feel weird about it and still act like animals fucking put on a suit comb your hair right like figure out a way to keep your hair combed after you've put on the fucking furry mask whatever it is figure out a way to keep your hair combed and just like like fucking present as a human being to people you know like i i talked a little bit on final encounter cast about how i was involved with punk rock one of the things that we used to do is we used to fucking you know sew patches into our pants and make our hair all crazy and we became unmarketable we we made ourselves purposely unmarketable and that's what outliers do because that's what they feel they need to do to to stand out or to be different or to be unique and individuals and i'm not going to make a concerted effort to say or or to to encourage people to conform to anything but if you want people to take you seriously sometimes you got to put on a fucking suit sometimes you got to fucking comb your hair i say that as someone who has not shaved in 7 days and who has a significant mullet. <laughs> but I understand how people receive me. Okay. Um, now, back to the point at hand that when I was making the Spacey's banner, the, the banner for the Limit Break Radio episode last week, I had, I had a moment of, like, reflection. I had a moment where I was like, maybe this is too far. But I wanted to make a point, and I wanted to make a point to the people who won. The, the eight people who won the unending coil of Bahamut. And, and I said that point very clearly on the show, but I want to say it again. It's that, listen, you have to take something like coming up with your own name into your own hands and very quickly because you don't always get to define that shit. And I felt like maybe drilling that joke into the ground with that ridiculous spacey face banner was a good way to do it. <laughs> Just saying, if anyone out there, I don't know, I don't know if any of their feelings got hurt. I don't know if anyone got butthurt about it, but if they did, that's my explanation. So anyway. I like it. It's a good one. Anyway. It's a good one. All right. So we've got a couple of, uh, we got a couple of interviews to get through here now that we're uh, moving into the second half of the show. We've got two interviews. Mm -hmm. One of them is pretty interesting. The other one is kind of predictable. You know, I'm not actually sure which ones you're talking about. Neither am I. <laughs> Let's find out. Okay, do we want to so start? Predictable. Do we want to start with the light one or the heavy one? Let's start with the light. All one. right. So Sokin uh, recently did an interview over at Inverse.com, and I mean, nothing groundbreaking gets dropped here, but I actually, I think I've, I had more fun reading this interview than I've had reading a lot of interviews with Yoshi P in the past. Like nothing in this interview angered me. I, I can say that right now. So the, uh, the uh, is it is it because you've heard it all before from Yoshi P and now you're just like ah fine I know that he's a fucking sellout I just know I just know that the answers that he's going to give are going to be unsatisfactory and they're going to piss me off that but it, particularly in the Yoshi P interview that we're going to be doing today some of the stuff that he says is a in direct opposition to the actions they've been taking since day one that's dude he does that. He'll say one thing and then do another. It, and that's, dude, this, that's why. It's never been as clear it is with, with this interview, and, though. But that's the thing. We've figured it out. We've figured out his pattern of behavior. It's taken three fucking years, but we've, we've overcome a language barrier. And we're now, listen, if you want, 
the most insightful show about where FF14 is going to be going in the future, you want Limit Break Radio. If you want shows that will only placate you and tell you things that you want to hear because your little delicate flower ears can't stand to hear other opinions, then guess what? You have tons of choices on wherever the fuck you want to go. There's plenty of other shows that'll do that. But we're going to tell you every single time what we think they're going to do what we think square enix is going to do and our track record so far pretty good has been pretty fucking spot on our prediction record has been pretty on the nose so you know dude i i think i think that's part of it we've we have really identified the pattern of behavior on the part of square enix and the way that they market this game and we found out which parts are disingenuous and unfortunately as much as we want as much as as much slack as we want to cut square enix as much slack as we want to cut ff14 because we like the product we like the game we like the company we, I think at some point we have to be honest with ourselves and just admit that this is not the same game that we all signed up for in 2012, 2013 when it came back up. And can we like uh, like make a issue a challenge, I guess, for the times that uh, we called out on Yoshi's bullshit? If you can find an instance when we were pretty clearly wrong... We'll like give you an award or something. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll give you something because we haven't had a, an actual contest, dude. We haven't had a give, we haven't had years. a giveaway, dude. I I feel honestly, honestly, and this is and and this is part of the reason why I felt compelled to apologize, not just to you guys, but to the audience uh, for on the part of my depression, right? Not not excusing the depression, but just apologizing for it. Um, Part of the reason that I felt compelled to do that, I think, is because I realized that there have been a lot of ways that I've been very selfish, right? Like, are, we've been we're always we've always been critical of ff14 and i think more recently the show has taken a bit more of a darker turn a darker note because we've all we uh, none of us know where the future is going to go because we we keep we keep basing our expectations off of a square enix that doesn't exist oh that hurts we keep basing our expectations yeah. off of a development team that got demolished and the fact of the matter is is that this development team proved themselves once and then has failed on two other occasions to prove their creative um chops mm-hmm. fair yeah yeah if anyone disagrees with me, for the love of God, I watch. I just listen. I want you to call me out on it. I promise I won't even be defensive. Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five limitbreakradio.com slash discord. If I'm wrong, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. And now you're catching me at a good moment because I'm 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 in an open and receptive mood to feedback. Normally I'm not. Normally I've got my defense up. Normally I've got my guard up. And if anyone tries to tell me I'm wrong, I'm fuck you. Not today. Not, not today. today. Not today. Not so today. Okay. So if you want to, today's I'm just saying today's a very good day if you want to do it. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Is there a thought in the back of your head that when you think about calling up the show and expressing the opinion makes you a little bit scared? That's okay. I can be an intimidating guy. I know that. I even it, it, I, I know that more when I'm clear-headed than when I'm not. But... Uh, that I, I think that you, you today would be a good day 
to to do that because I I promise you I make this promise right here right now that I will not yell at you I don't make promise I, I I've I've been good at figuring out what kinds of promises I can make and subsequently keep and what I can't I promise okay so for today I promise to be receptive to it it's not a trap I promise. All right, we're going to try and ride out these good waves with the uh, with the nice interview. Again, this is Sokin at uh, Inverse.com. So the first question asked was, how did you get involved with the Final Fantasy franchise? And I think that this answer really kind of goes to show what kind of person Sokin is and why he was able to achieve that, I think, nearly 300-song Guinness Book World Records in MMOs, because I think that's that's what this uh, this whole story led with. So he said, when I first came to Square Enix, my main responsibilities focused on sound effects creation, sound schematic designs, and other sound engineering work. Now, generally, multiple people would handle these things, but I really wanted to achieve something specific with my ideal sound, so I enjoyed doing these tasks alone. Shortly after joining the company, I began to oversee small to mid-scale sound projects for our titles. I was often asked to create musical tracks as well, so I would compose music for these projects on the side, and I was eventually assigned to supervise sound on Final Fantasy XIV and then took over composing with A Realm Reborn. What do you guys think? It's a pretty good answer. So that he has like dedication to Final Fantasy fourteen. The thing that really jumps out, and, and not not just a fourteen because he was with well, Square Enix. fourteen in general, be, not fourteen Final that. Fantasy. Fuck. Yes, but the part that really joined out to me was the fact that he's like, look, normally this is something that like multiple people handle, like 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 a whole team handles, and mm-hmm. he's just from the beginning was like, no, I want to do this on my own. Yeah, I think something that maybe we lose sight of is that Uematsu used to have tons of pull at that company. And so because like when you have a lot of pull, you can convince people to dedicate a lot of resources to whatever project you want to do. And if I had to guess what the split between Uematsu and Square Enix was, is that Square Enix probably couldn't afford him. They probably mm-hmm. couldn't afford to keep him for what he wanted to do. That's why he only comes back. Everyone like what one two songs? Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. not even that. Like Square Enix, Square Enix uh, moved away from like they tried to ice him out. Like think about it. He didn't. I don't think he composed hardly anything for FF thirteen. I think he just had the title yeah, not, track. Not really. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Uematsu finally realized his value and said, nah, fuck you, pay me. Yeah, because even like, because for FF15 was the same composer as Kingdom Hearts. And then Uematsu has done the title theme for the multiplayer expansion for 15. But because like other than that, I don't know what he's done other than really? 14's main themes. He didn't do anything else in 15's main game? Not that I can think of. No, that's probably why I know none that of the music of it, stood out to if me. If not all of it was composed by the Kingdom Hearts uh, yeah, composer, but that, which is fantastic. I love all the music in 15. It's very good. Of course. But that's um, the thing. When you're legendary composer Nobuo Uematsu, right? Like you can do shit that normal, regular, everyday mm-hmm. I'm fighting for my shot composers can do. I mean, this is a natural thing, right? Like Uematsu made his name and his price went up. Square Enix couldn't afford to pay him. Or I mean, who, know, who, know, allegedly. who knows? Who yeah. knows? Like who knows how much he made from Square Enix? But I think, you know, like, it can only be left up to speculation. And I think that that's a pretty good working theory. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Let me know. Call us. 
Limit break radio on Skype. Eight one zero five one five eight seven. Wow, way to be ageist. No, like seriously, I think he's just he's done a lot for this company. I think he's kind of just burnt out. He's done he a lot still for the goes industry. To, he still goes to distant worlds concerts. He's but he's still not retired. In these things, yeah. he's not retired. And then he pops out of the works for like doing the main theme for Comrades, and then he disappears again until he feels like yeah. he's ready to do something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. He's like Batman. <laughs> he's the Batman of video game music. Uh, next question. How important is music to Final Fantasy? And he said, sound is an integral and inseparable part of video games. A game soundtrack is a wonderful spice that drives the emotional control of gameplay experience. And he says, in the case of the Final spice. Fantasy series, the emotion we want to impart Dune. on the user drives the overall sound of the Final Fantasy games. Um, I think that's kind of a, a neat insight. I mean, I thought I, that that was, that, that was one of my favorite quotes out of the whole thing. Yeah, I, I mean, especially because I have such a an attachment to sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 and, and I think what's, what else he's kind of alluding to here is that, you know, like game soundtracks used to be the entirety of the sound that you would hear in a game. Like you would have some effects limited by the cartridge space mm-hmm. and then you would have your background music and sometimes those were the only things that you could have to move it along mm-hmm. and what i've always appreciated about final fantasy games and obviously there are a lot of more notable titles that do it now but i think it definitely started with final fantasy is that when you listen to an entire ost from song to song even when they vary wildly there's still this 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 uh, I, I think I think emotion might be the, the 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 best word for it, but there's there's something that connects all of them together. They they feel like they all mesh together, yeah. and they're not just you know like uh, um, a Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, which while awesome, it's just a bunch of different songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, and and I think Square Enix might be might be a, a good example of what happens when you don't pay attention to your audience like i feel like square enix always kind of had a a problems listening to their audience and communicating with their audience and then suddenly social media happened and they were like uh we got to figure out ways to communicate and it would none of it was meaningful though no like i think i think that speaks more to the culture at the company than it does to any one person's job Mm -hmm. What's the most memorable and important song of the franchise? Uh, unsurprisingly, he mentions Prelude and, <laughs> yeah, and the Final Fantasy theme. But what I did like about these answers specifically is that he mentions that in every iteration, because again, we hear Prelude and we hear Final Fantasy, the main theme, in every single Final Fantasy game there is, period. Mm-hmm. But they're always done in a different way that really sort of captures the 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 essence of that game you know recently we had the opportunity to sit down with uh um distant worlds uh Uh distant worlds uh conductor arnie roth and you know we actually had a very similar question for him we about, did. We about, asked him what his favorite was. Yeah, about which of the Final Fantasy songs are his favorite. So here's the thing. We're going to be featuring that interview on Checkpoint Radio. So if you want to hear it, you've well, got to make sure to be... What was his answer? Well, but I'm not going to... If I gave away the answer, then why would you listen to the show? Mm-hmm. got to listen to it. CheckpointRadio.com. And uh, that's going to be probably this week. I want to say that that's when that interview is going to be... It's going to be going up. So um, you guys can look forward to that. 
So this next question, I'm going to want uh, both both Nero and Nika's feedback since you guys played uh, 1.0. But the question was, what were some of the greatest challenges composing music for Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn? Sogan said that FF14 challenged the unthinkable by rebuilding a game from scratch while continuing live operations of the original. The sound design, too, had to undergo the same process of continuing to update the Leiden game's sound while also creating sound for the new in-development version. That task in and of itself was quite challenging because at the same time, bringing closure to the original game and creating a brand new sound for Realm Reborn was a very exciting prospect. We had to create music that would help to clear any stigma that may have been associated with the original while also creating a sound with not only a completely new image, but also a traditional fantasy game vibe. So the question is, do you think that they did well in creating a new sound that was still Final Fantasy XIV, but also differentiated itself from 1.0? From 1.0 specifically? Yes. Yeah, from 1.0. Because, I mean, are we talking, are we, we're, are we, we're not talking about Stormblood specifically, we're talking about 2.0 and onward, right? Yes, yes. Basically, when A Realm Reborn, because he, it was, I think it was Nobuo who did most of the stuff in 1.0, and then Soken took over for 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so basically, yeah. the question is, what was the challenge? And he was like, "Look, you know, making music is one thing, but making music for a game that already has an image and that's technically already still live, while also having to come up with something new to differentiate from the failed version, was a big challenge." Yeah, I can see that. I could absolutely see that, and I think that Sokin is is uh, you know his his talent is on display, rising to that challenge. Yeah, you have an entire game's worth of a soundtrack, and now what do you do? You want uh, the the problem there is, and I think that Sokin very aptly identifies it right here, is that your cha- your main challenge is to make the new stuff thread in with the old stuff while avoiding the stigma of failure in a way that seems seamless and right yes that's true you do want to avoid the stigma of failure maybe that's one of the calculations that square enix was relying too heavily on was trying to distance themselves from the failure because oh this is interesting because if you're trying to distance yourself from the failure of 1.0, naturally you're going to devalue the players that were at <laughs> the 1.0 stage. Now, what I think may be happening, and this is really interesting, is that that theory is coming back to bite them in the ass, and their fear of repeating failure is on display in the way that they repeat content and do not vary their content they realized listen i think that they're they as an mmo developer you have to account for the fact that you're after you launch your community and the people who play the game are going to very slowly erode and there are one of two ways that you can approach this and actually i think this actually lends a little bit of insight into the entire psychology behind the whole of the ff14 development process if you're too afraid of failure of repeating failure to vary up your your methods and vary up your approach that's what lends to a very stale environment and a very stale game i think that that may be something that you know i i maybe just identified about my own life recently we are are super woke right now Mm -hmm. yeah 
Uh, I mean, that's a good punchline, but <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's it's not also, wrong. It's also super it's real. also kind of right. Yeah, They're also kind of hidden yeah. on something mm-hmm. there. Um, really, really interesting. And, 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 and actually, I think that that gives me pause about how hard I end up hammering Square Enix and Stormblood. Because, yes, while I did not like Stormblood and... I do think that that opinion needs to be out there and that people need to hold to it and not be thrown from it, um, as I have kind of demonstrated over time. Um, I do also think that fear of failure probably should be one of the calculations that we insert into our equation when trying to discern the moves of Square Enix. Oh, you just gave them a little slack. Well, the thing is, is that, and and this is why I'm I, I I'm glad that we examined this this interview. Is that I don't know that that insight could possibly come from Yoshi P. I don't know that he's allowed to be able to express that kind mm. of that kind of thing. Whether it's because of a self imposed thing because of his position, or whether that's a corporate culture thing, I don't know. Could be either. Both are valid. But I do think that this that would be a much more taboo opinion or much more taboo thing for someone like Yoshi P to say. And that Soken is is really giving us a, a bit of a peek into the thought process that goes in. And, and maybe, you know what? The other thing is, is that maybe Yoshi P is is too close. His perspective is too close. He's lost, um, you know, he's lost his perspective mm-hmm. on on this kinds of on these kinds of things that can happen. That can happen a lot. Uh, the next question was, how did the music grow or change from 1.0 to 2.0? And uh, Soken said, by starting with a clean slate for the game design, I was able to do an overhaul on the sound schematics and sound engine. As a result, I was able to integrate music more effectively into the overall game. I composed the songs for Realm Reborn while specifically considering the new gameplay design and game elements, and they have become songs that our players have now come to love. And as a creator, this makes me so happy. That's pretty cool. That's pretty Soken. cool. Um... I got. I have to wonder if the software that he's working with is like proprietary. If that's something that Square Enix developed in house, wouldn't surprise me given their history. Well, the <laughs> thing is, though, is that that takes constant updating, yeah. and and I mean, as Square Enix figured out with the Crystal Tools engine, they're not able to keep up with that. Not always. That's true. Yep. They, the, you know, they can keep up with some things, but not other things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So you know. Uh, uh, putting things together here together on air all of us together uh, by the way if you want to give us a call and you want to let us into some insight that you're getting from these interviews limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord yep so this next question again gives us a major insight into the type of man and work ethic that Soken has how did the game come to have so many different songs He says, even after all this time, I have never been given a specific order from anybody to create lots of songs for the game. It's just that when I feel that I need a new song for a certain piece of content, I create a song for it on my own and then implement it into the game without being asked. Before I knew it, there were already a massive number of songs in the game. You know, when you do, when you're your own boss, when you're not um, given any direction, you end up doing a lot more work. I figured that out. I figured that out the fucking hard way. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the job? Because because at the only job I was fired at, uh, I was kind of my own boss. I was just like <laughs> I had this thing to like watch and monitor. But you're, you're supposed to like you know like go and find more like truckloads for deliveries and stuff. 
Yeah, I just watch YouTube videos all day, <laughs> and then I got fired the week of Thanksgiving. Oh. Why do you think that is? What? Because you sat and watched YouTube videos. All yeah, day. yeah. I'm just saying, when you're on your own boss, I, I didn't do more work. I did less work. There are two types of people in this world. Well, then technically ones you weren't. Wait, hang on. Binary and hang ones on. who don't. Technically, you weren't your own boss. What do you mean? If someone fired you, you weren't your own fucking boss. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying you had your own direction. Well, technically, Soka's not his own boss. Uh, right. Okay. So I made a misnomer there. Yeah. Where uh, you, I didn't mean to say that, Misty. <laughs> God damn it. When I said, when I said that, I, I forget what I said. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Hey. Uh, can I have $25 of the equipment fund? Because when I was in Toys R Us yesterday, they had a massive Nerf gun with like 2,000 bullets on sale for $25. What, you want to keep that over there and fire it at Juxta every time he says something dumb? Yeah. You're going to break the equipment. for With $25? Firing a, a, a styrofoam dart at you? Yeah, uh, you're going to break something over here. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I think he might be right. I think Juxta might be right. Because oh. here's the thing. Here's what, here's what I foresee. I see you on Tracer. You're a terrible aim. Here's what I foresee happening, okay? Here's what I foresee, is that you're going to whip out the gun, and you're going to go to shoot him. He's going to want to dodge, and he's going to take the entire desk with him. Okay. Because right. he's like, Fair. he doesn't know his own size. Fair. So so I didn't break it with the gun, but his reaction breaks right. something. Right, yes. Let's, okay. just game, let's just game this whole situation you're right. out. You're right. Let's think about it logically. Because so but fat. because you started the chain of events... It's your fault. You listen, are literally a rampaging hippopotamus. Listen, what I'm saying is, is I'm that Rhino. your reaction to something like even something <laughs> as innocuous and not harmful, objectively not harmful as a dart gun shot by Kahlo, uh, would turn you into a bull in a china shop. Cow in a china shop. Uh, it's more feminine. The blob what? in a china shop. No, okay, there you go. I like that. I mean, the Marvel Nothing. character, the blob. No, right, 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 the right. blob. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fat jokes. Yeah. All right. So the next question uh, was actually a really exciting question, but I was actually kind of disappointed with the answer. Uh, it was, what's your favorite song in the game and why? And he names Imagination, which you hear during the final battle in the Realm Reborn, and Rise, which you hear during the latter half of the Alexander. I was really hoping for like, a really cool story behind these, uh, but he said that the reason is that he thinks they sound cool. Oh yeah! Th oh great! Th thanks, Sogan. We we think so too. <laughs> I, I uh. listen. I, I I like this interview um, mostly because I'm a I'm a, I'm also somewhat of a sound engineer, and he's like kind of talking about things that I get. I was gonna say that like that, that was the other reason that I wanted to talk about this on the show. A lot of people might think, oh, a music interview, big deal. But with your background, I really right. want to kind of wanted some of your input on, on your, some your of ranks of audio man. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> as a veteran audio man, uh, yes, that's right. As mm -hmm. uh, as uh, grand, what, grand, grandmaster, audio grandmaster, audio wizard, audio mancer, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so did I wait? Did I just make that weirdly subliminally racial? Yeah, yeah. you're kind of racist. Yeah, yeah a little boo, bit. Boo. Uh, they also asked when we say Final Fantasy, we think Nobuo Uematsu, and they asked how Nobuo has influenced his work. He says, I really do believe that Final Fantasy music equates to Mr. Uematsu's music, as we use, obviously, some of his pieces in Final Fantasy XIV. I approach arrangement of these pieces by thinking to myself, how would I arrange this piece to make it resonate if I were implementing the song into a modern game? Then I execute. Mr. Uematsu's songs are inseparable from my creative process, and he has had a major influence on my work. I think I've always also been influenced by him on a human level as well. I sometimes put a lot of focus into things that may not necessarily need it, and I also never fail to do something funny after a few drinks. 
<laughs> this is like, why like, I like punch a fat cat, th- dude. This is <laughs> this is why I love Soken because he just seems like a dude that you can hang out with. He seems real. Yeah, like that's that's one of the things is that you know some of these some of these folks are just so cold and unapproachable and not likable. That's the thing is that you know Nika, when he punched your fat cat, did you smell sake on his breath? No, but oh, okay. I guess sake. I wasn't really looking for it, but. You know, it it stands it you know, it stands to mention that I think uh, you know, a lot of people who kind of struggle with 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 functional depression cover that with, you know, drinking or a whole bunch of other things. Aww, I use drugs overworking themselves. I I smoke a lot of pot and I work a lot, yeah. And that 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 puts a lot of things between me and actually t- like thinking about my bullshit. And uh you know, professionals do that too, man. Like everyone does it, and and it's it's a straight up coke, coping coking mechanism. Yeah, in some that's cases, both. coking mechanism a coking mechanism is actually something that's even worse than a coping mechanism. But they're also the same things. Um, for use like for the same purposes. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I, I mean, the, the thing is though, is that like minded people just want to f- find each other damaged people just want to find each other i like i like hanging out with people that can drink i like hanging out with people that can uh you know that and and, and can still be functional you know soaking is <laughs> a good example of that's that. an important part right there. that's right and still be functional that's right i like finding and hanging out with people who play card games but that's but but what i'm talking about with the real thing is that like soaking because of, I think, his position as, like, a music director, doesn't have to have the same level of professional presentation that someone like Yoshi P has to have. And it seems like he just does a lot of his own stuff, too, so he doesn't have to worry about getting bogged down as, like, the boss of a team or, or something like that. He just gets to, he gets to be soaking. Like, I, and I think, I think someone who has a strong sense of themselves like that, if they're put in a leadership position, that they tend to try to, they, or they tend to figure it out faster about, like, who they are, what they, what they want the direction for it to be and then hold to that and hold steadfastly to that mm-hmm. uh, the last question was what's your future involvement with ff14 and the final fantasy series looks like and he said that he doesn't have much time to think about the future because he's working so much every single day i'm working for the latest patch updates and then there's even more work when we have a new expansion after that i'm working to put together the highly demanded ost albums working on the sheet music for the orchestra concert making preparations for a primals performance creating sounds for a new trailer jesus also doing audio post-production for a tv spot so many things to do Dude. oh and that reminds me i need to input all of my work hours into the system too oh my god <laughs> dude he's responsible for a lot that's a lot of responsibility yeah. and probably he probably elected for that too as as early in the interview he mentioned when he first started just working on like sound engineering and stuff he, he wanted to do it all himself yeah Whew. i think a lot learn of us, to delegate bro well i mean that's something that you have to learn and and have comf- comfort with the people that you're working with mm-hmm I, I struggle with that. I struggle with delegating. You guys know that. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. It just seems like in the chat. Hey, person in the chat, go do this thing for me. Yeah, so imagine all the stuff that he's not having us do. Exactly. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't just, want to imagine that. Just imagine. I'm focusing on the things he does make us delegate to. I mean, honestly, if I made a list of my responsibilities between between Beasley, between Checkpoint, and between LBR and FEC... Let's complain about I'm it. I'm not complaining. I'm just doesn't, saying. Though. I'm just saying. You Let's guys complain about it. You know who does complain <laughs> about it? Com- Juxta. Com- 
He let's sure does. Hey, hey, let's let's, let's talk. Let's talk. About let's it. talk about complaining here for a second. Let's complain because about let's complain about. Okay, now now you're it. you're overusing the drops, and I gotta take them away. Okay, <laughs> take away your toys. Yeah. Aww. Listen. Okay. Let's let's talk about complaining here for a second because the minute that I tuned in to Kahlo's extra life stream, which by the way, good job on. <laughs> Thank you. The minute I tune in to Kahlo's extra life stream, what do I hear? But juxta sitting around playing overwatch bitching about how to figure out how to subscribe to youtube red <laughs> right it took me all of 13 seconds okay well you weren't trying to dodge a tracer on your ass the whole time fuck it are you kidding me are you kidding me take a little bit of time and set it aside and figure it out it'll take i i I promise you, it'll take quantifiably less. YouTube Red subscription. And the thing that popped up was not a YouTube Red subscription link. So I don't know what else you wanted me to do. Look at how lazy Google has made us. If it's not the first search result on Google, it must not exist. (laughs) To be fair, it wasn't the second one or third one. And after that, everybody knows those next bunch of ads are just like porn or Trojans or something. Seriously, there there were listeners in that match. There were listeners that were playing with you. And I actually had to get up off of my somewhat recovering depressed ass and go, fuck it, I'll do it. Because I couldn't listen to you complain about it one more fucking time. Lick, lick, lick my balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your drops are still muted. You yeah, want? I, I, I didn't hear you that drop. Could you try it again? You want to know why your drops are still muted, you dumb piece of shit? Lick, lick, lick my balls. It's because you can't use them responsibly. That's right. Daddy and Nero has to make his appearance back into the show. It's like doesn't even matter which one I click on. They all don't work. None of them work. That's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Okay. As fun as this is, do we all want to get depressed now? Oh, no, wait. I just worked myself out of depression. I know. No. I know. What? Tell me. All right, so this Yoshi P interview. Oh, wait a minute. We're done. We're done with the Soken interview? Yeah. We're done with it? That was it? That was it. Fuck. Well, this is this is this is hopeless. All this right, is, I'm, I don't have much hope. Before we get to this to the Yoshi P interview, I do want to give uh, our listeners a chance to chime in on this. Uh, let's go to Meter Man of Cactar. What's going on, Meter Man? Hello, Meter Man. I'm pushing. There you go. Yeah, hey, hey go. we can hear you now. Hi. Now you. Now right. we can hear you. Hi. Hi. Welcome to so, Limit Break Radio. Thank you again. Um, I wanted to input. Soaking is one reason why I keep playing because while I'm driving around, delivering whatever I'm doing, I'm driving, I'm listening to Soaking. I'm listening to every bit of Final Fantasy XIV music I could get my hands on. I come home at night going, you know what? I just heard Susano and I want to do Susano. Even though it's a simple fight and it takes like six minutes. I want to hear that theme. I want to be in the middle of it. And that is awesome that Soaking you know, basically took over from Nobu because I never got that when I played 11. I never did. And I think, I think the challenge that, uh, that FF, uh, that, that the final fantasy series had moving, 
God damn it. Fine. Juxta's drops are back. It's complete. <laughs> it. it. Don't make me. T- I will take them away again. I'm good. My hands are in the air. You're, you're, you're disappointing the audience. They like that joke. It was a good one. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Right. Um, anyway, uh, Meter Man 2, to your point, though, um, I do think that Soken does an amazing job on this game. And I think that it is one of the things that removed from the game, removed from my frustration about the way that the game has been developing that that has been one of the constant positives uh, about ff14 now i i i know that i've said now i'm sure that there are some people that want to try to keep me honest out there and good on you that's fine i i I appreciate that and they're probably going but a nero i remember you saying that you didn't like the music for stormblood yeah you said that once i did say that and it's More true. And it's true. I don't actually like the music for Stormblood that much. Then that's not. I, I don't know that that's anything to necessarily to do with Soken, but I think it has more to do with the setting of Stormblood. It has more to do with my inclination to not like Japanese culture and and really that's even a misnomer because I've 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 said that more than a few times I what I don't like is the Western fetishization fetishization of Japanese culture that's what bothers me very specifically whether it's anime whether it's uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, video games, whatever it is, it's this constant fetishization and and like like hyper focus on, well, everything that comes out of Japan must be awesome. And I think for uh, that was that was the case for a long time because our, our exposure to things coming out of Japan were very limited, right? Like anime came over in very limited quantities and, you know, at, at first was very hard to find uh, outside of like places like, uh, I don't know, I, I went to Dixieland Flea Market once to buy a subbed, a bootlegged subbed version of Dragon Ball Z, right? <laughs> so, so you know, like there was there was a market need for it and, and so we, we ravenously consumed everything that got imported and I and I don't think that it's just video games I think that it was anime I think there was a, a lot of Japanese culture but then there were people who really got stuck on it who really got obsessed with it and formed the basis of their character identity around it and they started we refer to them as the first weebs and they they started to do really dumb weeby shit like walk around with the that specific uh, hair bun that you know that you would see in Japan or they would do wearing kimonos uh, yeah they would wear kimonos the, uh, stuff wooden that, sandals which is when you when you get right down to it when you strip it down that's cultural appropriation is what it is and that's illegal uh, no it's not <laughs> illegal it's oh. just insensitive and it's dumb and it makes people feel uncomfortable because you're they, they look at you and they're like well dude clearly that's not yours yeah. you're borrowing that from somewhere else you shouldn't be not, arrested but you should be slapped not that that's wrong it's just lazy that's all it is. It's just lazy. It's uninspired. And 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 I get it. Listen, there uh, some of us out there don't really think about what we wear very often, and when we do, it's 
it's foolishness from end to end. Like when when people actually thought that those shiny, silky shirts with big prints of Goku on them were cool. <laughs> those let those me, are pretty cool. Spoiler though. alert: those were never fucking cool. But they feel what? good only if you had a a, a your, the, your the SSJ four one. Listen, only if you had your tongue firmly planted in your cheek was it cool, and then. You had to know that because the first person that would come along and go, the fuck is that? You wouldn't laugh along with the joke and get self-conscious about it, right? Like, I'm sorry. Was I the only one that experimented with really shitty fashion when they were 12 years old, 13 years old? I I have a shirt like what you were referring to, but it's a Spider-Man shirt, not Goku. Okay, fine. Same theory, (laughs) different fucking character. I don't wear it out of the house, though. What about Hawaiian shirts? Wait, hang on. You had to have worn it out of the house at least once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But not anymore. And someone said some shit. No, nobody said anything. I think at one point, like, I... I, I, I'm at the point now where I pick it up, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Then they said some shit with their eyes, because you were able to feel it, whatever it was. You were able to feel that judgment. I just figured it out at some point. Oh, then you are congratulations. It was my own judgment. <laughs> congratulations. You have self-awareness. Yes. You leveled up. Woo! So, listen. Uh, no, those shirts... Listen, those shirts were not fucking awesome. Yeah, they were. They feel nice, but you don't wear them out of the house. Like Se- the shiny no, ones? Se- Severin85 in our chat says those those shirts were awesome. They, they definitely were not. I had a shirt once that was like a button shirt, and it had like a spider web like print on oh, it. Oh, no. And it was like metallic silver oh, like in the... no. Like in the in-game dies, and it was really cool well i really, wore that to school a lot. honestly those those shirts are really just extensions of those really really bad club shirts that people used to wear in the 90s they used to wear them out to clubs mm-hmm. and they'd have like the puka shell uh, uh necklace <laughs> yeah. and their their hair would be too gelled to their head the guy who did they, the it, would be, it would be slick forward and spiked up like ricky martin would yeah no we all did that hair all, glue? like oh, all yeah. of us to to some degree or another did that at, shit at blizzcon the guy who did the world of warcraft presentation was wearing one of those shirts with like illidan's pattern on it that guy's so cool no he wasn't he was really, he really cool. wasn't because of his shirt no awesome no <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Meter Man, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. If you'd like to give us a call, talk about whatever you want. If you want to, I don't know, you want to talk about shiny Goku shirts, then give us a call. Limit Tell break us ra- why we're wrong. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. No, you're not, you're going to have, listen, if you want to call up and argue shirts, fashion, you're going to have a tough time. You said you wouldn't yell. I I did you know what? In all fairness, I did say I wouldn't yell. Yep, I did say oh, that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did. You have to have a rash. I can yell though. D- did you ask me if I have to have a rash? No, I was, about to, I was about to say that you do have to have a rational conversation, but okay. then I realized I could yell. Well, I don't have to have a rash for you to call in. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a rash? I don't have a rash. What if every time someone called in, you developed a rash? Think that would get them to call in? I, I think you know what. Um, if if you guys want to make my depression really really bad, I might be able to do that. Like sometimes depression does weird things to people. <laughs> Makes you a rash. Does your depression give you a rash? Sometimes, yeah. If it's really, really? yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your depression is literally trying to kill you. Oh, I know. Your body's like, we can't take this. Just, where does your just rash self-destruct? Where, where, where does it come? I mean, all around my crotch area. Hmm. You you sure that's from depression? That, 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 that may be crabs. That's not a depression rash? <laughs> <laughs> You're, no. Sure? No. You're sure? You're sure? Because like, I got the same rash. It was not like on my loins. Then I just realized I was chafing. <laughs> Chub rub, it's called. Chub rub. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 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 so... 
You should probably go to the doctor. Oh. And not have sex. (laughs) Well, but that's that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, that's not... No, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to stop having sex. Well, I mean, with, like, your hand is fine, but, like, other people... Blow-up dolls are probably fine, too. Don't don't chase away anyone that you want to have sex with again. Well, wait a minute. P of the penality is AIDS. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. What was the first part of that? Okay, I'm just going to replay that one because we have to hear that again. Hold on one okay. second. Okay. Oh. That was... Oh, my... All right. I can't get it. <laughs> it's not popping up. Oh, you oh. failure. A little bit. The, the P in the penality is AIDS? P in the penality is eight. I guess so. The P in the penalty? Is that it? Dude, you guys have got to fucking type your <laughs> shit better. Like, honestly, if you know that a voice, if, if you know that a text to speech voice is going to read your shit, why don't you proofread? <laughs> and just, or just type it phonetically rather than actual spelling. That too. Well, you're asking way too much of our audience. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. You ready? Okay. Are you guys ready? All, yep. I think we're asking way too much of Juxta. Uh, that's probably true as that, well. I, I can do it right now. Uh, you said you could do it, and then it took four minutes. Yeah, well, not four minutes. We're it going was like five now. The P of the penality is AIDS. The P of the penality is AIDS. The fuck does that mean? I'm literally, I'm really trying to figure it out. I think the meaning is the journey that we had along the way. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe this guy is as clever as David Lynch and has figured out TPIA. The penalty is A. Oh! I get it now. And we got more money from him. <laughs> Idiot. TPIA. <laughs> we can make that shorthand now that we understand what the fuck you were driving at. <laughs> And it wasn't going to PIA. To, to P to penalty, I don't even know. TPIA. AIDS! <laughs> All right. Anyway, so did we decide that I have to go to the doctor now? Yes. Oh. Please. Or don't, not. Don't scare. Yeah, don't, maybe you don't have to. I mean, don't scare this doctor do you have, away. Wait, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Do you have the rash right now? I mean. Because you're not depressed right now, right? Right, no. So there's no rash. The rash went away. Okay, then you're fine. Yeah, see, that's what so I was it thinking. it just goes away. Right. Okay, you're fine. You do know that I I had to use implements where you were sitting like a crotch post while I had it, right? An implement? I mean, just everything. Everything in your general area over there, if I wasn't masturbating, I was using it to itch my itchy crotch. Including the straw? Including the straw. <laughs> okay this interview guys so uh the uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry we (laughs) we we needed we needed a break a brief palate cleanser in between the two sloppy Uh, if you want to give the show a call limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord we will take one more call before we get out of here. We've got uh, about 15, 15 minutes about fifteen minutes left in the show. How about that? Um, also, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback uh, also on what you think of the new two-hour format. So you can feel free to uh, send those. You can tweet us at Limit Break Radio. Uh, find us on Facebook at Limit Break Radio. And uh, um, uh, you, you can send us email, host at LimitBreakRadio.com. All right. So the first question was, what's been the response so far to story? blood yoshi said that they didn't no actually keep talking 
they didn't expect such a record-breaking number of subscribers. Uh, he said that they received a 90% on Metacritic, which Yoshi P points out, that's something that's hard for an MMO to do. And he is very proud of Stormblood and wants to keep the momentum going as they offer new ideas and plan for the next expansion. Yeah, that is, you know what, that is very difficult for an MMO to do because the standards, the expectations are so high around an MMO and our ex, uh, I mean, at least they were like, like at some point they were. And then we got a run of a whole bunch of shit MMOs that took the legs out from the idea that MMOs could be successful. Tabula rasa. And then you saw a bunch of whole, a whole bunch of developers pull back. Right. Like I actually think a lot of what's a lot of what FF 14 suffers from is the era in which it was developed, because this was the tail end of the, second or third generation of MMOs. And I think we're in a period now where, you know, the technology and some new ideas have got to shake out in places like ashes of creation in places like age of Conan. And you know what? Maybe, maybe square Enix moving on to a new MMO is not the worst thing that I've ever heard of. The problem is, is that can they as a company justify it? Or will they? They won't. So this next question, this 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 is the one that really got me going. The question was, do you feel that things are getting easier with each update or harder because you are adding so many new things? Nah. Hashtag sarcasm. What? What? S- slash S. I hope what? that was sarcasm. Hang on. Who is this interviewer? This is Gaming Union. GamingUnion.net. Yup. <clears throat> Listen. Let me, let, let, I play this game? <clears throat> I don't let know me, what they do. Let me let me let me just draw let me just draw a distinction between the caliber of questions that are being asked in this interview and the caliber of questions from Chile that we read on the last episode. Aww, <laughs> I love Chile. I love Chile too, and I I love Chile even more because they ask the right fucking questions. They ask good questions in that in that PlayStation Universe interview. Mm-hmm. Gaming Union, I don't know what fucking I don't know what fucking amateur you're sending out to your shit, but they're not doing a good enough job to justify the the opportunity to sit down with Yoshi P. Well, Sorry, they're not. They're not. This is this is fucking abysmal. These questions suck. And if Square Enix doesn't know that these questions suck, then Square Enix is just as stupid as fucking Gaming Union. I'd be surprised if Square Enix booked the interview and said, "We have the questions we want you to ask," because these are all very self-serving. I swear to God, Square Enix books interviews with with outlets that it doesn't know out and and then ignores an outlet like us because they know us and yet we just we, i mean we say the wrong shit like obviously, we say the right wrong shit see that's the thing though this is okay listen if you want to know if you want to know whose side we're on we're on your side we're on the community side we're on the player's side we're not on square enix's side and if you need any more proof they don't fucking talk to us they don't reach out with us they, they don't reach out to us they don't even try to work with us at Are all. you afraid to fight me? They did it once, and that went fine. But, I, I mean, listen, they're too close to this shit, man. And they've lost objectivity. And if they were fair, they would have brought us in as a part of the process. But they get all butthurt, and they get their feelings c- confused with business. And at the end of the day, they, they miss opportunities to answer tough 
insightful questions from outlets, not just like Limit Break Radio, but like, you know, like countless other places. Okay, I understand, you know, listen, we're an entertainment brand and we, we have no right to claim that we should break news. I'm not I'm not saying that we should. I'm just saying that Square Enix is pissing away an opportunity and a really creative opportunity to genuinely in, in, interact with their community. And because they don't, it just makes us more cynical. It just makes us more more frustrated. And, and yeah, you know what? We take it out on the game because that's what we're frustrated with. And is it because they're not working with us? No, it's because of a lot of other things which we have gone to great lengths to explain. But they're not making it any better. They're not utilizing the opportunities that they have. They're not opening up a conversation with us, the community. Okay, you want to you if you want to put this into an us versus them dichotomy, and you don't have to, but if you want to, we are on the side of the community, and and we are challenging what Square Enix is doing now. Not all of the community is going to see it the way that we see it. But I think that we've made a really good case in the three years that we've been on the air in our actual content, in our fucking show format that lays the groundwork to say, listen, we're the ones that you can trust because we're not going to bullshit you. We're not going to jerk you off and we're not going to tell you the shit that you want to hear. Period. And that goes, that's from every atom of this show. Every single atom, whether it's being serious or being funny, we are challenging convention. That can be hard and it can be scary, but I think we do it fairly well. We do. We do. And, and, and I'm glad that even just the question got you primed and fired <laughs> up. All right. Now, before you say anything, I want you to l- let me finish the whole response and then I'm gonna let you out of your cage. Okay. Asshole. The answer. And this was again. Has it become easy or harder for you with each update? Yoshi P says the development team is very efficient. And this next part, direct quote. That being said, if you're just creating the same thing, then this will make the players who play the game and also those who create the content quite bored. That's why I like to give them new challenges and new objectives. Also says the team is always coming up with new ideas and they get so excited that he has to rein them in and because they're so passionate but they have such a limited time time frame to work on things bullshit. that a lot of that doesn't get done <laughs> bullshit what come on man I don't come think, on uh... nico uh, what do you think i i mean that just squeals bullshit right like that's a fluff answer that doesn't give any real answer okay and 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 i want to i want to respond real quick to mooney tenkaichi in the chat who says i don't think se wants to be yelled at that's fair but i think listen listen to any of our interviews dude listen to any of our interviews there's a difference between what we present on the air as a part of a a joke program and when we sit down and do a serious interview and the fact of the matter is is that we can do both that just look at uh, that LBR not, verse uh, Reddit. Yeah, when we sat down with Iane. Were we exactly. at that person? Exactly. No, we had an inte- intellectual discussion. Exactly, and and see, people call us up all the time, worked up on their own bullshit, and they want to try to yell at us or or try to say some racist shit on our channel. And we, instead of shutting down, fucking we, dude, we always engage, always engage. 
Sometimes it's not productive. And sometimes it takes the form of yelling. But you know what? If Square Enix wants to have an honest conversation, then they've got to accept the frustration that comes along with it. The frustration that is inherent in our community. This is not something that we've tapped into. This is just something inherent. This is something This is that we've all kind of moved into a spectrum into this way of thinking. There's been a shift in the FF14 community. And I understand that there are some people who may have difficulty moving on or they fear change. And they don't. And so they sit around and they jerk off to FF14. And this is where we get the Kotaku article. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Not fun. Lots of jerking off on that one. Not fun. This is, this is what that says. Squ- Yoshi P. If I can make an appeal. I know, that, I know that there are a few people that work at Square Enix that listen to this show. It's their job. It is, it is their <laughs> job. I do want to make an appeal. Okay, I do want to make an appeal because when Kotaku, and I don't know who you need to present this to who will be receptive to this idea, but when Kotaku, arguably one of the largest gaming blogs on the internet, is writing about the way for two weeks in a row that your users jack off instead of the way that they play your game. In the wake, by the way, in the wake of your quote-unquote most difficult content ever, Unending Coil of Bahamut. 30th year anniversary Final Fantasy. This is what people are talking about. And again, I do not hold that author responsible. It's us as users. They're just reporting on the fact of the matter that we're bored. Bored enough to figure out ways to digitally fuck each other. Come on, guys. Come on. Are we not better than this? Are we not better than this as a community? I mean, we are, but is Belmong and Leviathan? Nah. Get your shit together, man. I mean, I know that we've jokingly, jokingly made fun of them. But, like, this is why. Like, if you needed to understand why we poke so much fun at the RP community... A, it's because they take everything so fucking seriously that it's really funny to watch them overreact. And B, because you know what? Some of this actually does damage. Some of this actually does perception. Like like in in terms of the way that outsiders look at FF14. This perception does, is reality. Yes, this does damage. Mm-hmm. So and but but again, this is not like this is not something that can be regulated. This can't this, you know, like this is this is one of those weird areas of, you know, sexuality is one of those weird areas. We can't legislate it. We can't make rules about it. But if they had real content, they'd be doing that instead. Exactly. They wouldn't writing about it. They wouldn't be bored. If nothing else, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to say that the FF14 community is full of perverts. What I'm trying to say is that the FF14 community is full of bored people. That's probably true. Bored people fuck. And bored people fuck. And what happens when bored people fuck? We get baby boomers who just steal all of our economy. No, you get stupid babies, and that's where Juxta's stupid baby. Hey, my baby's very smart. You don't know that. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. She told me. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if if we look at the genetics she's inherited, mm. I mean, yeah. Given if we look at the genetics she's inherited, she should be like twenty pounds by now. Given, given, <laughs> given the odds. Listen, and she is in the bottom five percent of baby weight right now. G- given, wow. okay, that, that's, that's cool. Really good, that's cool. Right? That's cool. No, now now she, now she's good. she's gonna she's gonna end up inheriting uh, your IQ minus your wife's IQ. Or not minus the baby mama's IQ. Let's put it that way. So she'll end up with like 8,000 IQ? No. You can do the math. I'm not going to, I'm not going to explicitly, sp- listen, I'm saying you're stupid is what oh, I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, you're dumb. But I'm a smart. You're dumb. I'm the ill intellectual. <laughs> and I think the baby's mom is dumber. Oh. She's really going to get her uh, feelings hurt by that. She probably shouldn't listen to this episode. You never listen to that episode. <laughs> Nobody Good. should listen to this episode because Yoshi P is about to hurt our feelings. Why, watch, watch, watch. She pops up in the chat room. Watch, watch. The one day. The one day. <laughs> She's popped up in there before. I know. Made fun of I the know. Baby. <laughs> I know. She just has like sensors listening for baby. And when it pops up, she's like, that's right. She wants to defend her stupid baby. It's a joke. Aww, poor Bert Bert. It's a fucking joke. Mooney Tenkaichi says Nero hates sex confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I do. What? Sex sucks. It's a part of it. It's just sucking is part of sex. Yes, that that is true. It's just distracting. It's fucking fucking is a huge distraction, at least for my life. And I need to fucking minimize that part of it. Still fun though. I mean, it is. Yeah. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna. I'm not dumb. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So right. uh, the next question was, how many people are involved with... This is the last question, by the way, so make sure that it's a good one. Oh, hold on, hold on, because uh, that's that's really not the best one. Okay. Here, here, throwback, throwback. Do you ever think FF11 will stop? And if so, is there room for another FF MMO in FF14? Uh, he also asked how the development on FF11 is going. Uh, surprisingly, Yoshi did have insight on this. He said because uh, that they're within the same... Um, uh, I guess like branch or the same uh, what's the word I'm looking for the the whole MMO thing he, he does know how it's going right he said that the FF11 mobile version is in the fine tuning stages and a big official announcement will be made when the time is right huh. but there are no plans for the FF14 in the mobile department that's good um, and he also says that okay. having multiple that's probably good I think yes. that's probably good they're, they're spread a little bit thin and it's kind of fucking obvious yes and he said that uh, having multiple MMOs in the same company is kind of unnatural and it's been very very weird he says as long as people love and play them they'll continue to, to do the service but should FF11 stop he doesn't think that there would be another FF MMO so long as FF14 is in development he says it makes more sense to expand what they have with FF14 and um I don't know if I were to guess myself a, a free to play model, right? Then, uh, then put those resources into something completely new that would then be a competing game. You know, I, I have to wonder if Square Enix internally looks at the development staff between FF11 and 14 differently, or if they're just kind of like the MMO staff and they've got to figure out how to how to dis- allocate, yeah, how to how to disperse the responsibilities between them. I never thought about that. I never actually that that never occurred yeah, to cause me because it, it actually surprised me that, that that he said like like straight up he's like yeah I know exactly where they are with it yeah, yeah. that's that is interesting mm-hmm. that is really interesting and it's also good, interesting that we're hearing an official official unofficial word from Yoshi P not the actual <laughs> developers of Eleven. that's but that's that's what I'm saying though <laughs> I mean because yeah that the development of that got farmed out to Nexian was it Nexian it was some kind of some, mobile some out 
AdWords outsource company. Yeah, it was some mobile developer that people were like, oh, God, here it goes. Yeah. This is this is clearly not going to be good. Um, I, I have to wonder if that subsequently changed or maybe if Yoshi P is overseeing it. But, yeah, they have they have definitely been very tight, tight lipped about the program. That's for sure. All right. Well, it's six o'clock. And hot damn, our studio is empty. What the fuck? Where are you people? It's because nobody's nobody's online. Nobody's online. Nobody's online. Honestly, when I was doing my extra life stream, there must have been anywhere from five to ten people that came in and said, "Hey, you know, I don't play the game anymore, but I still listen to you guys." Or I I'm paying my sub, but that's only because I listen to you guys. And if you quit, I'm quitting too. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. We have our own sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. We do. And I mean, there are other people out there who are dissatisfied with the game. But this is this this kind of exposes one of the inherent flaws of doing a show like this. Yeah. Mary Kennett. I can't visit the studio. I unsubbed. Ooh. Mary Kennett is one of our most stalwart supporters. Most yeah. one of our most. Yeah. Our, one of our longest term supporters. If I could chop a limb that makes off me of worry. That makes me worry. Send it to someone. It would be Mary. It makes me worry. Dude, people people have not understood fundamentally why we've been moving towards Final Encounter cast and Checkpoint Radio. And I mean, like, this is this is the problem that a media brand that attaches itself to another brand. I mean, listen, you can get a lot of attention very, very quickly like that. It's Live very by the brand, die by the brand. You, yeah. It, it, going niche Just is like not a bad Steve. thing. We, we knew this, though. We knew this because we had already gone through it with FF11 that it doesn't last forever. We knew this had a shelf life. Absolutely. And so if we were we, going to we even identified that back in like 2.x when we were having fun with the game and we were like on the Final Fantasy 14 high gravy train. When we, we were having fun. Yeah. Gravy no, 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 no. Train. Hang on. Uh, it actually the origin of that thought even goes before we started Limit Break Radio again. When we were to- back when we were first talking about bringing Limit Break Radio yep, back. Yep. We had all we had all kind of mutually decided like, listen, FF11 showed us that this shit has a shelf life mm-hmm. and that. We we have less to do with that than we like to think. Yeah. Like it's it's very it's sort of self-serving and egotistical to go, well, we have we can we can prevent the game from failing if we try hard enough. That <laughs> doesn't that's it's a nice thought. It's a nice sentiment, don't get me wrong, but it is inherently flawed. Assuming you don't work on said project. Exactly. So, you know, it's 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 a difficult prospect. And I think, listen, we held on to that three hours as long as we possibly could. As long as we possibly could longer. We we saw a value in that third hour long past our audience seeing value in the third hour. But listen, we haven't gotten that much of a response. And your silence to me is an answer is an answer. And that says you're okay with it. And, and uh, you know, sort of like say nothing, you know, if you're OK with it. OK, that's what I can. That, uh, what, how do you how do you glean an answer from no input? We've they heard, don't care. They don't care. And if you don't care about the third hour, that's fine. But just, you know, if you do care, let it be known. So we're not mm-hmm. making huge mistakes. But at the same time, man, this t- it takes it does like th- listening to the last episode of Limit Break Radio. It felt right. Two hours feels right. 
feel like we we do we 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 burn out after two hours doing three is tough yeah but i don't know i can be convinced sound I, off i can't go fuck yourselves sound up <laughs> sound off on so sound off on social media uh you can find yeah. us at limit break radio on twitter uh limit break radio on facebook um, you can let us know in the Twitch chat. We'll be watching that for a little bit. Um, and uh, you can always email us over at uh, hosts at limitbreakradio.com. So that's going to be it. Lick my balls. Thanks. Great. That's the third hour. Oh, okay. We just loop that for three hours? No, no. I'm saying that's what we say to the third hour. Ah, I see. But here's the thing. Is that, you know, you if, just loop that for now. <laughs> but listen, here's the thing is that, you know, if you're tuning in now, expecting to be entertained for an additional uh, an additional hour here on twitch.tv slash limit break radio, um, then guess what? We do have an answer for you Woo! because coming Woo! up next here Woo! on the live stream is uh, the full episode of Checkpoint Radio. Good luck, fuckers. Good luck, fuckers. Good luck, fuckers. I love, uh, dude. I love that uh, checkpoint stuff is starting to make its way into checkpoint memes. It, yeah, it is is starting to make its way into uh, Limit Break Radio overall. Oh, I that went over my head then. I didn't yeah, get I didn't that get it either. So. Yeah. That's because you don't watch the fucking podcast. I don't have enough time. You don't. You guys do shows. Oh, but but somehow but somehow I've got time to sit around and listen to them as I make them right. Because you are awesome and you do so many things I could never do. Congrat, good job, Nero. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you make me. You made me feel better, a little bit better about myself. Let's complain. I don't about like, God damn you, Justa. I don't like this new Nero who's all like accepting of shit and encouraging. I'm just encouraged. Listen, like, I'm just. What do I have to do to depress you? You have a, Can I kill Fritz? No, please don't do that. <laughs> please what, don't that do that. Depress you. No, that's a funny joke. That's a funny joke. Like, like I feel like the real Nero would have just like threatened me and been like, "Fuck you! I'll kill you first or something." And yeah, he's just been, like, "Please don't." I don't. I don't know. Depressed. <laughs> depressed Nero has no sense of proportion. Where it's just like I hear something I don't agree with. And I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and I think, like, dude, I think that that was like, uh, like collective cognitive dissonance, like on all of our parts. <gasps> If someone changed your heart, mm. what? what do you mean? What? what? Persona Five? Someone went oh, into your Jesus. palace? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> oh, you fell for that one so hard. He, you just got animated. Listen, <laughs> the Persona series. The Persona series touches on some pretty truthful shit sometimes. It does. That actually kind of makes me want to play Persona Five. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. Um, also, uh, last thing, I, I did talk about this on uh, FEC, but uh, I, I have I've been in, uh, I don't know, last couple of months, maybe six months, kind of struggling with a little bit of depression. And uh, now that I, I think that I've been able to make a little bit of progress forward, you might. I don't want to make any promises, but you might see me trying to incorporate streaming into my habit <gasps> every now and again. I'm gonna try to work it in. So we're we're gonna see. Again, I don't want to make any promises, but you should see Confirmed me. Confirmed, Neil's gonna stream thirty hours this week. You're you're you might see me a little bit more on the stream. I'm gonna take it it's, slow. It's hey, totally, it's I am a, a I am a, I am a recovering sick person. Okay, I'm gonna take it slow. I'm not gonna commit to anything. I'm not gonna overcommit myself. Mind the rash. Find, yes. Yep. I'm gonna mind the rash. 
Hopefully, it will only spread to the things that you touch over there. At least that's the idea. (laughs) (laughs) I know you guys. Listen, I know you guys at home can't can't see because there are no cameras up. But he just licked the foam on the front of the microphone and then licked my teeth. That was so gross. So that gross. Sound. Anyway, um, you might see me a little bit more often on the stream, and uh, stay tuned for details about my 24-hour extra life stream where I'm going to be doing my MMO tour. So, um, stay tuned. We'll have uh, details on that at some point. I don't know when, but some point soon because uh, I definitely have got to do it. All right, guys. That's going to be it. I want to thank everyone for joining us here for Limit Break Radio live on Twitch TV slash Limit Break Radio. Join us next week starting at 4 p.m. for more FF14 news and discussion. I want to thank my crew, Juxtaposition, Nika Kayani, and even though he's not here, Ascalia Rayumasa and Kala Landis. I'm an hero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Aniro Gregori, Kahlo Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Aorzi are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Satori Komeji, Dark Flux, Null Packet, Shira Hartslot, Nexian Theta, Brian Alexander, Tommy Carlson, Hirsch Fersh, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.